Hello and welcome. We are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Thank you for joining us each week as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. What's up, everybody? Hey, guess what? It's still Listener Appreciation Month. We have a turkey, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Listener Appreciation Turkey. (laughs) Why can't I do it again? My gobbler's broken. I have turkey performance. uh... So, Tiff. All right. Well, now that our turkey's out of commission, that was (laughs) short-lived. What are we doing? What are we doing? Got it. It's Listener Appreciation Month. So my episode was requested by a good friend of ours, Courtney, Courtney Ow, and I love her and she's wonderful and she's really smart and she likes when I do like medical episodes and I always feel kind of like iffy afterwards where I'm like, I think I presented that, but I only understood half the words. So, and she usually compliments me on them. So I feel okay. Yeah, because Rebecca's editing is magic. (laughs) I think I presented. You think you presented it well? Is that what you did? Were I miss to a say? word. Yes, because <laughs> you've definitely presented them. We're starting off strong today, guys. You have a subject presented before. I I have presented subjects before. Uh, would you guys like to hear about the subject today? Yes, I'm ready to guess it. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> have either of you ever heard of Henrietta Lacks? Sounds familiar. Only when she sent me the subject recommendation. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for not looking into Uh it. Uh, So Henrietta was born August 1st, 1920 as Loretta Pleasant. And just a heads up, what I'm giving you her background information, this is coming from uh, Britannica because it was all the same everywhere. So you can't go wrong with some Britannica. Good job validating sources. Yeah. Look at us learning after 200 episodes. Something like that, right? I, I lost anyway. count. But yeah, so they all the sources had the same information. This one had a little bit more than some of the others. So we're going with this one. Uh, so August 1st, 1920, which is 68 years and a day before my birth. August 2nd, 1988. Ah. She was... <laughs> you want to give them your social too? About to say. <laughs> Should we just put a pin where we record while we're at it? Clap. <laughs> So Henrietta's mother died when she was four, giving birth to her 10th child in Clover, Virginia. So her father, having 10 children and not knowing what to do, divided his children amongst relatives to be raised because he couldn't take care of all of them. Henrietta was raised by her grandfather, who was looking after another grandchild, Henrietta's cousin, David, who also went by Day. They were married, Henrietta and Day. April 10th, 1941. Okay. And they soon moved to Maryland to work steel mill. How, how, how cousiny are we yeah. talking here? Everything I like first cousins? read seemed like first cousins. Okay. But it was the 20s. So genetics were still a thing. They didn't know that. Hey, yes, did we not in 1920? I mean, they knew that they were cousins, but a lot of people. It's fine. It was the 20s. Kept it close. So they were, okay, so they were tobacco farmers. They were out in the middle of nowhere. She helped work on the farm. It was land that her ancestors had been slaved on. Her grandfather lived in an old slave house, and she helped him 
work the land with her cousin. She had a, this part's not from Britannica. She had a sixth grade education. Her school was like two miles away and she would walk each day two miles uphill both ways in the snow. Except for it was Virginia. So not. Does it snow snow happens in Virginia? Huh. Maybe we should look into Virginia. So anyway. For what? I want snow. (laughs) Okay. We are so sidetracked. Okay. So Day and Henrietta moved to Maryland. Day was going to work in the steel mill because, you know, World War II and all of that is like bustling. The war is bustling. And so is steel. Yeah. Yeah. She had five children and she was known as like happy, bubbly. She was the one that everybody came to in the family and like she was known to spend hours cooking for the family and it was like a big event and she would sing and dance. I was known for, I think it was her bright red nail polish. So all that fun stuff. Before her fifth pregnancy, she had a knot around her cervix. And it was worrying her. And then her cousin, I believe a different cousin, not her husband. Thank you for the clarification. Uh-huh. She's like, maybe you're pregnant. She was. It was her fifth child. Had the baby. Afterwards, she said she still felt the knot. She had irregular bleeding, lots of pain. So she went to Johns Hopkins. Johns Hops- Hop. Why can't I say Johns Hopkins? There you go. Thank you. Johns Hopkins. <laughs> She went to the hospital in Baltimore. (laughs) I believe at first they were like, oh, you know, it's probably just syphilis. Oh, okay. When that test came back negative, they were like, oh, okay, come on in and we'll do some more stuff to figure out what it is. More tests. That's what it is. So in January, they did the test. Five days later, it was late January because in February, five days later, she gets the results that it's cervical cancer. She goes in for surgery to, like, see what's going on. And while the doctor's in there, he removes two samples. One healthy, one tumorous. And she goes about her life, gets progressively worse, and ends up passing away at the age of 31. With five kids? Yeah. That's a lot of life. Yeah. I mean, well, so my grandmother was 20. Hold on. She had six kids, and I want to say by the time she was 22, she had the sixth. Yeah, my grandmother, I think she had her youngest, who was the sixth one, when she was like maybe 31. Yeah. Well, I feel unaccomplished. (laughs) (laughs) Go figure, the kids lined up with when maybe dad was back on, back from whatever he was doing. Yeah. Well, that's convenient, because if not, there'd be lots of explaining to do, (laughs) right? No, everyone acts too similar to have like questions. Right. Fair. (laughs) Um, Oh, I forgot to tell you, because I thought that you would really enjoy this, Rebecca. Her treatments were several radium treatments to try and oh boy. cure hers. It involves stitching small glass tubes <gasps> of the radioactive metal secured in fabric pouches called Brack Plagues no. to the cervix. No fabric inside the body. Yeah. Oh, or yeah. radium. Or radium. Well, the radium's inside glass tubes. Like the radiation's not great, but like you're going to die of infection before you die of like radiation sickness. But. Don't you also get radiation to cure or like help cure cancer nowadays? Yeah, but it's not putting straight radium inside your. I mean, you still get the radioact radio radiation. You're uh-huh. also not putting a quilt inside your uterus, like just tampons. Like there are other problems with that. Like I'm certain they didn't do any testing. They didn't do any clinical trials. They didn't test the glass for biocompatibility. <laughs> 
or <laughs> so I'm like sterility was just becoming a thing excuse me but even then like your documentation like even today we have like huge lawsuits because sterilization was done incorrectly i know a lot about this let's move on so i forgot to i'm sorry i was working off britannica forgot i had some other notes on this so i'm gonna backtrack a little bit the mass the cancer tumor they said the size of a nickel the doctor said it was shiny purple and looked like grape jello When he got the samples of tissue, it was two dime-sized samples, one cancerous and one healthy. And at the time, it was standard practice to not have to ask for consent when taking these things. So all she knows is she went in for surgery to get these things sewn into her cervix or sewn onto her cervix and they take some samples out while they're at it. Guys, if you learn one thing from the show, and even if it's just because we do something stupid like mix up Sweden and Switzerland, please ask why. Uh, so hold on. So they put the radium in the same time they did the biopsies, like before they even knew that it was cancerous. No, they knew it was cancerous. They confirmed that she had cancer, and she went in to have surgery to get the quilt things sewn onto her cervix. And while they the were radioactive in there, quilt, yeah, while they were in there, they took these samples. Okay, didn't tell her, but took them. I mean, I wouldn't be mad at them taking them out. I mean, I can see why once they're in there, they would decide to take samples, but you have to disclose that afterwards. Yes. We will get into that later. Oh, oh no. Don't like that. (laughs) Because. Oh, Oh no. So nine months after her diagnosis, October 4th, 1951, she passed away. So why would our beautiful friend Courtney want me to tell you about this wonderful mother who had cervical cancer and then passed away? Yes. Why? You tell us. Because those samples that the doctor took without consent are called the HeLa cells. Capital H-E, or capital H, lowercase e, capital L, lowercase a. HeLa. Taken from the first two letters of her first name, first two of her last. The HeLa cells. And the HeLa cells were the first cell line that we were able to maintain as a society. Do you know what that means? No, but it sounds smart. Doesn't it? (laughs) I don't know if it sounds smart. What does it mean? I mean, the first cell line that we could maintain, you said? Yes. So It's like telling me the drum line sample went well. Like, like, what does it mean? Probably (laughs) the first cells that they were able to keep alive in a clinical setting. Ding, 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 ding. Who's the smart one now, bitches? So... So Dr. Tillen, I believe he's the one who did the the removal. He was working with this guy, George Gay, to confirm some suspicions he had. So he believed that um, some ca- cancers were worse than others. And he wanted to justify and prove that these hysterectomies he was doing for people with cervical cancer were justified. So he was having taking these sem- samples, sending them off to George Guy and having him try to investigate them and prove some theories he had. George Gay was able to do tests when he got samples, but the way cells work, they would only last for a day or two and then they die off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they run out of energy. Yes. The HeLa cells, for some reason, would not die off. Miss Henrietta Lack is considered immoral because her cells... No, uh, uh, mm. Immortal. Immortal. <laughs> <laughs> Look, immortality is immoral, okay? (laughs) She is considered immortal. (laughs) That was the most perfect depiction of y'all's relationship. (laughs) 
we already touched on white supremacy and the fact that they jumped straight to syphilis, which like is a problem. They should test for things, but the fact you went straight for that because you had a lump questions. Right. Yeah. So um more tull. So <laughs> race will play into this as we break down later what's going on, but that does play a role. So I would like to point out that this podcast will kill you. I've never listened to them before. Oh, they're Holy good. Crap, they're good. <laughs> They're so smart. Yes. Holy crap. Yeah, there are really smart people out there that have podcasts. (laughs) We're not one of them. (laughs) No. We're confused if our listeners go to space, okay? (laughs) Okay. Still waiting for confirmation that any of you have been to space. And don't make your astronaut friend listen just to prove me wrong. (laughs) So I preface that because most of this information I'm about to give you right now came from that show. I understand about 10% of it. But I think I've got it broken down in a way that Ashley and I can understand. <laughs> I'm smart. I know what the keeping the cells alive was. Sort of like how when I talked about the Van Allen radiation belt, I was like, the sun emits stuff. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So cell culture is growing cells in an artificial medium. This is used for basically everything from vaccines to biopharmaceuticals, radiation, virus research, genome research, and much, much more. Scientists couldn't grow cells in a lab because they would die quickly. Gila didn't die and became a cell line. We've discussed this part. Yes, we have that part. We are understanding so far. So in general, HPV causes cervical cancer most of the time. Can cause. Can cause. I think they said it was like 90 to 99% of cervical cancer cases came from a strain of HPV. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Get vaccinated. Right? Well, what is that? What what do you, what do you say? What, what do I say? Yeah, I say a lot of things. Correlation is not causation. Yeah, because it's like ninety percent of the cervical cancer cases can be linked to HPV, but not all HPV cases can be linked to cervical cancer. Yeah, no, Correct. you can have HPV without getting cervical cancer. Right. Yeah, there's multiple there's multiple strains when you get the HPV vaccine. I yeah, it's a whichever like i think it's three or five that are the most common that you actually get so so let me tell you a little bit about this high risk strains have e6 and e7 proteins that get into our genes and turn tumor suppressor genes off this allows cells to grow uncontrollably oh the kill switch yeah normally science magic happens that keeps the cells from growing too fast and replicate any and replicating any defects kill switch e6 and e7 say Fuck that noise. Go berserk. Are <laughs> <laughs> you following along, Ash? <laughs> I'm following along, but that was like the most Caucasian mother thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> Fuck that, that noise. noise. Go, Go berserk. berserk. <laughs> I tried to get it to like where you and I could understand. <laughs> oh, I got it. It will forever be in my brain. I now. mean, cool. Tiffany's somewhere on cancer. Fuck that noise. Go, Go berserk. berserk. So these E6 and E7s saying that help the cells grow quickly and last longer, but not indefinitely. Okay. Insert telomeres. Telomeres are the end parts of chromosomes. When a cell splits, the telomeres get a bit shorter. The cell can, in theory, replicate until it's out of telomeres and then it can't go any further. This is very dumbed down. Following... Well, like, it's another safety mechanism. Like, you can, like, scan a photo so many times that you'll eventually lose any useful data. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, like, a lizard losing its tail. It can only grow back so many times. (laughs) 
<laughs> it just gets shorter every uh-huh. time. It's like making a copy from a copy from a copy. Like 20 copies down the line, it's not going to be as good as the original. Well, That's what my ancestors said. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're technically not a copy. <laughs> we are not clones. Uh, oh, we'll talk about cloning later. Look at her going all science. Try to hair flip, but I don't have any hair. <laughs> uh, cancer cells can't tell where telomeres end, so they keep dividing. And after a while, the DNA becomes too damaged to keep replicating. Okay, cancer sucks. So, why does Hela keep going? Oh, I forgot to put a pronunciation guide on this one. <sighs> Shit. Okay. <laughs> there are enzymes called telomerase. And that's how they pronounced it on that show. Is that what happens when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie? (laughs) Telomores. They replicate just the telomeres during replication. So Gila has this. So instead of like getting all the good juicy stuff that when you replicate it, it could kind of, you're not getting all the bad shit. You're just getting that last little tiny bit. Over 90% of cancer cells have this. Unfortunately, these keep all the defects. Okay, so I was wrong. I should have read my notes. <laughs> These telomeres keep all the defects, defects, which are usually phased out with the tel- telomeres as it's replicating. So telomerase are the things that keep that shit. But if you can isolate the telomerase, yeah. okay. then you're in the sweet spot. Most cells have mutations, but not in the telomerase. If you can isolate just the telomerase, you can get cells to divide indefinitely, which is what they do in labs now. The way they described it was really smart and followed. As I was reading my dumbed down version, realized I have no clue what I was trying to say. They're really smart. Go listen to them. Basically, these telomerase are the shit. And if you can just get those to replicate, you can keep a cell alive and work with it indefinitely. Due to Gila, the first cell line, we now have cell lines from everything. So you can get them from animals, organs, embryos, whatever. We can use this research with viruses to see how they interact with cells and how the cells can fight off viruses using telomerase. I think I'm an idiot and tried to follow along with this pos- po- This podcast will kill you. Those are in my notes. <laughs> I was about to say that's written in there, yes. isn't it? Yep. <laughs> this right. is like the uh, secret room at the CDC. That's all I can think about is all the viruses and all the stuff that they have alive. And, yeah. 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 They do have samples of basically everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The CDC uses HeLa cells for sure. Uh, for sure. <laughs> no doubt in my mind. I would put money on it if I had any. <laughs> so she has what is considered an immortal cell line. What, you may ask, is the difference between an immortal cell line and stem cells? Stem cells are genetically, or uh, stem cells copy what they're they adopt other cells' characteristics. I was thinking that they were like artificially altered. So stem cells are undifferentiated; they can become anything. Immortalized cell lines come from what this podcast will kill you called grown-up cells. They have a particular function in our body. So like the HeLa cells came from the cervix, so they're cervix cells. They're differentiated. Stem cells can become anything because like when you're in the embryo, you, you're like these tiny little cluster of cells. Right. Yeah. They anything. haven't been assigned yet. Yeah. So embryonic stem cells can become anything. Somatic stem cells are regenerative, regenerative, regenerative cells in our body. They can only become one or one of a couple things like if there's 
uh, somatic stem cell somewhere like floating around near your kidney. It could become like a kidney cell or something else that's beside your kidney. I don't have anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> or something else in that general Do area. Do an there. anatomical map in the studio? <laughs> I want a skeleton. Ooh, can we get a skeleton? Yeah. I already know where he's going to go in here. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's do it. He can, Oh, he can chill with Dean. Oh, they can keep each other company. Perfect. Okay, so that was a lot of medical jargon to basically tell you that these HeLa's are crucial to learning about cells. They were the first cell clusters they could keep alive. They could also manipulate them because they duplicated and replicated. And so you could take some, do what you need to do, put a virus in there and see how it fights the virus. And you've still got some over here that are just chilling couple things that the HeLa cells have done, have been used for. Cells were used for learning how to handle and ship cells because these were sustaining. They could take some and send them off somewhere else and they still had some duplicating here. So they were able to like share this. Some cell isolation came about because of this. IVF. They discovered that there weren't 48, but 46 chromosomes. Didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> this is all off the two what did you say like nickel sized yes so there's a lot of cells thanks for that. bringing that out or bringing that up they discovered that the healthy cells replicated a couple times and died out it was the cancerous cells that kept duplicating that's uh, why i had that medical jargon in there it was the telomeres and the telomerase with the cancer that helped these reproduce over and over and over because again. Because that's how cancer works. It just kept itself going. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you. That's why that medical dragon was in there. See? Teamwork. They're your notes. Shut up. We, we did nothing. Unless you're referring to this podcast will kill you as your team. Dude, they're so smart. I'm going to start listening to that show a lot. So let's see here. They were able to learn about chromosomal abnormalities because of this. Like they understood where Down syndrome came from because they learned that there were 48, not 40, or there weren't 48, there were 46 chromosomes. So when they saw 47 there, they were like, oh, that's the difference, blah, blah, blah. So it led to a greater understanding of things like that. They were able to study the effects of drugs and medicines. They sent cells to space to test the effects of space on human cells. The most significant impact that these cells had was shortly after she died in October of 1951. 1952, there was a polio outbreak. These cells were used to create the polio vaccine. So Henrietta Lacks saved a ton of lives. Damn. They most recently, well, I say most recently, they're being used literally everywhere. COVID vaccine used HeLa cells. There are more than 17,000 patents involving HeLa cells. Research involving them has been described in more than 110,000 scientific publications. And Tiffany read them all. I read 110,000 scientific publications in quotes and like five sources. So yeah, I put it in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> There have been three Nobel Prizes awarded with direct relation to HeLa cell research. Girls killing it after, you know, she killed it. Well, this also wasn't done consensually. That 
is the big thing. So Tuskegee Institute was shipping out these oh, cells to no. yeah, shipping out these cells to anybody who wanted some for research for $10 a sample plus shipping fees. They weren't able to keep up with the demand. This so. isn't an infomercial, guys. I was about to say, <laughs> you pay shipping and handling and you'll get a free cell cup. <laughs> I don't know. Petri dish? Petri dish? Probably. I, up. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I did not look into how they shipped the HeLa cells. Microbiological Associates was a company that was created with the direct purpose. <laughs> that word just like escaped your body. I don't even think you knew if you were saying the right word. <laughs> I didn't. Of shipping this to anybody who would pay for it. So the public learned about the HeLa cells and people wanted to know more about the donor, obviously. They tried not to give out information, so they created the aliases Helen Lane or Helen Larson because the E h-e-l-a was still there and by 1966 hela cells were amazing and used for everything but unfortunately hela cells were so amazing that the research people the research people were doing was being contaminated by the hela cells quote unquote basically there was no way for them to separate the hela cells from the other cells they realized what they were working with that they thought was clean was actually just hela cells so how do you fix that science Yes. Obviously, you get sal- samples from her family to be able to isolate her cells from other cells, like genetic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, people don't know that these are Henrietta Lacks cells. Her family doesn't know these are her cells. So Johns Hopkins called the children, who were all still patients, and asked for blood samples under the guise of testing for genetic markers for cancer. No. Yeah. Just be honest. Right? That's what to say. Why continue to lie at that point? Well, if they're being honest about it, like, then they're going to be like, well, my mother never agreed to this. Or like, is there something that can we need to be doing? Or like, is this, does she have any rights to this? So obviously that was not the case and they never got back to them on the results of the genetic testing. 1973, this was 22 years after Henrietta died. Her son's wife, Babette, was talking to a friend and he mentioned the coincidence that her last name was Lax and he was working with Henrietta Lax cells. Oh. So she was like, "Uh, excuse me, what? (laughs) And he explains, you know, what the cells were, what they were doing. And he gave her this book basically all about the HeLa cells. This was the first time anybody in that family had any idea. Had any idea. Now, keep in mind, this is a multi-billion dollar industry created from this because every this has uses in absolutely everything, like testing new medications on it, radiation testing, everything is being done to these. So these cells are going to every corner of the world. The Lack family had no clue. It's not hard, <laughs> right? Well, Unfortunately, according to laws that are in place, once these cells leave your body, they're not yours anymore. You have no rights over them. They're my DNA. It is. That's why you have to consent to giving them. Now. She didn't consent. She did not. There weren't laws governing that. I was about to say, I don't think that that was the case then. Yeah. Not the point. Right? So one thing that was mentioned in a couple different places, but not enough for me to know if it was a reputable fact or not, but they were saying that her ancestors or her relatives 
that were alive were living some said poverty some said low income and couldn't afford health insurance and yet their mother's cells launched this multi-billion dollar industry so like where's the congratulations people suck mm-hmm. i hate it this is the worst yeah so thanks to her family finding out about it and getting press on it like there's a book by rebecca Sklute named The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. Full disclosure, I started research last night and didn't have time to read this, but I've heard good things. There's also an HBO... You didn't have time to read an entire medical book? No, no, this isn't a medical book. This is like a read explaining her life and what happened to her. Okay. There's also an HBO movie based on her, but again, full disclosure, I started researching last night and didn't have time to watch it. Heard good things, though. Once all of this kind of got out there, some institutes that were using these cells were like, dude, that's fucked up. And we're sorry. So (laughs) they started to make donations to the Henrietta Lack Foundation. The Henrietta Lacks Foundation provides financial assistance to individuals and families who were involved in historic research without their knowledge, including the Tuskegee syphilis study and human radiation experiments. These affected predominantly minority groups. So when we were talking about race earlier, or racism, a big part of this is that when Henrietta Lacks was going through this, she traveled to Johns Hopkins Hospital because it was the only hospital in Baltimore at the time that would treat black people. The Tuskegee syphilis study, black Americans. A lot of these things were people who had no other choice but to use like her. She could only use John Hopkins University and they took advantage of people who didn't have any other options and the cells that were being collected were only coming from John, that George Gray was using were only coming from John Hopkins University without consent and if that's the only place that African Americans can go to, then you know, that's kind of a, not saying it's targeting, but it's targeting. So the Henrietta Lacks Foundation focuses on minority groups that are being disproportionately affected by this. Since all of this, I couldn't, I tried to find like concrete laws and some kind of like, as of this date, you now need consent, blah, blah, couldn't find all that. I know you need to have consent in their forms that have to be filled out for them to take things like this. But as of today, once those leave your body, they are no longer yours. You have no rights to them. And it's still kind of, it can be worked around. Well, I think even like thinking back to forms that I've had to sign for surgery or even childbirth or whatever, it says in there, like there's always that clause that like this may be used for further research, investigation, whatever purposes. Like it doesn't go into detail, Mm -hmm. but there's just that tiny little clause in there that basically says like, these are ours now and we may or may not do anything with it. Like when I had my gallbladder out. I wanted to keep it. And they were like, nah, bitch, we can't do that. You're weird. I mean, I was thinking about that when doing this research. Like, how cool would it be? Like, you have kidney stones taken out and you're like, I would love to keep those. And like, nah, they're not in your body anymore. They're ours. No, they let them keep them, don't they? They wouldn't let me keep my gallbladder. Just be like, bitch, I made that thing. Right? I have used that for 30 years. I didn't make it. My mom and dad made it. And then they signed it off to me when they signed my birth certificate. That's how I see it. I'm okay. down with that. <laughs> Posthumously. Is that how you say it? Yes. Yes. 
killing it. Or posthumously. Posthumously. That's what I was trying to say. But we in the South, so it's posthumously. (laughs) She has been awarded honorary doctorates from many institutions and is now a member of the National Women's Hall of Fame. Yes, ma'am. In 2013, the European Molecular Biology Laboratory in Germany published the Gila genome without the consent of the Lags family. Rebecca, did you know that the genome contains like a lot of personal shit in it? Yeah. That's what that. makes you you. Yeah, I didn't know that. I was like, what oh, did you yeah, think just... it was? You thought everybody just had the same cells floating around in their body? No, but I thought if like I didn't know you could like post a genome and then like if you looked at a genome you could find out like, oh, this person has this or that person has that or this has been Yes. Yeah. It's a blueprint for you. Cool. Well they posted the Gila genome without the consent of the Lax family, which could have revealed a child. <laughs> And what do you think her genomes are made out of? Mama and daddy. And if it wasn't the two of you, she would be a different person. Yeah. Well, okay. So I just, the concept of like (laughs) how much information you could get from it just boggled my mind. It bottled it right up. Bodies are complicated. They are. So since this could have revealed private genetic information about her descendants, a compromise was reached and the Gila Genome Data Use Agreement took effect. That means that now two members of the Lax family sit on the U.S. National Institute of Health working group and grant permission to access the Gila sequence information before it is passed out. Oh, that's kind of cool. So while this sucks for that, like this was not something that should have happened. They should not have taken that without consent. The question is, Gila's impact on the world is immeasurable. Mm Mm-hmm immeasurable there's no way to tell what that has done for humanity i mean it it has eradicated polio in multiple countries and like it's used for vaccines it's used for research it's immeasurable does that make it okay that there was no consent no i agree a lot of people don't so but it's fascinating yeah the ends don't justify the means no and you can be grateful for what came out of it and Mm -hmm. you can appreciate the science behind what it led to but that doesn't make the lack of consent okay agreed there have been some court cases where people have like fought saying like this was my my stuff that led to this and they've been dismissed because once it's out of your body it's no longer yours but her name has been associated with a bunch of cases when it comes to lack of consent and that led to the laws being changed where you have to consent and she's just uh without realizing it the woman who you know passed away at 31 as a mother of five i'm not saying that's nothing to like toot a horn about because it is like she led a great life while fighting cervical cancer Mm -hmm. but like think about if there's an afterlife like being like hey hey henrietta come look at this real quick like the new dad is in look at all these lives you affected cool shit you get to bump up to an extra level of heaven (laughs) wait (laughs) that's how that works right it's gonna be tiffany's new netflix special (laughs) (laughs) tiffany's just rewriting all the books Uh Uh uh-huh i would be here for it that would be kind of a cool series right just be like, dude, Henrietta, look what you did. You cannot like, be in charge of the good place. No, I could not. But yeah, uh, she's, her cells, 
Oh, another thing I forgot to tell you. At one point, they called her back in to when they were doing more like radiation or radiation stuff. They were going back in and the doctor tried to take some more samples. It was towards the end of her life. Mm -hmm. And they were so toxic because of the disease that they couldn't be used. Well, And the radiation. Mm -hmm. After she died, though, here's the thing. They didn't have rules about consent for, you know, a living person. But they had to have permission to get stuff during an autopsy. So they went to their to her husband and was like, hey, we'd like to do an autopsy on your wife. And he was like, no, that's not necessary. And they kept hounding, on, hounding him, hounding him. And finally, he was like, okay, you can do a partial biopsy or Guys, a partial autopsy. No means no. Right? right? Get out. So they did a partial autopsy, harvest some more cells. I don't know if those were usable since the ones they could try to get earlier right. weren't. But um, yeah, they went through and like got permission to biopsy Well, the her only body. thing I can think is even though they didn't explicitly have consent, which is not okay, as we've you know, very much discussed in this episode to take the cells and use them for other things. They did, I'm sure, have consent to perform the procedure yes. while she was living, you yes. know, so I'm sure that they had to get some sort of consent, some sort of authorization to do a procedure on her, whether it explicitly said they were taking samples or they told her she they took samples as a whole nother yeah. can of worms, but you can't get consent from the dead. Nope. So that's probably where... yeah having to get consent from her family in that case mm -hmm. came but from the thing that like i was going through and i was like oh that sucks oh that's shitty why would you do that but when they called the kids and they're like hey we're gonna do genetic yeah testing that's just see. blatant yeah you know like on some very very small scale like rebecca said like i could see them going in to put in the radiation or to do whatever the cases that they were doing. I mean, like, mm, that doesn't look right. We should probably take a sample of that for testing. Then that is disclosed after the fact, mm -hmm. which it wasn't. But I'm not saying it's okay. But that is somewhat explainable Yeah, in that situation. But blatantly calling them with a motive and not disclosing that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't like that. Yeah. No. Don't like it. Nope. No. Mm-mm. But that's in real life. But she is a queen and she should be sitting up there with Jesus or whoever sits on the throne in heaven. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Gabriel? I don't know. But yeah, she's <laughs> she's chilling on next level. Like she got bumped up to level eight. She's on X Games mode heaven. What? <laughs> yeah, Tiffany can't be in charge of heaven. <laughs> but that's what I got. So thank you, Courtney. Um, it was a fascinating read and I learned a lot. I got angry. There were lots of words I didn't understand, but I kind of followed along. So I was just thinking of like little eels when you said moray. <laughs> like I could see them being like little DNA sequences. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So when I rewrite the history books, you'll rewrite the science books. <laughs> or you can illustrate my science books. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm here for it. No. You've seen my art. It's beautiful. Stay That's tuned. That's not the problem I have with this setup. Stay tuned. <laughs> 2037 it's gonna be great for the uh publishing industry 2037 i had to set a far out date but not too far out because who knows how long you and i are gonna be able to survive what do you think is gonna happen in 16 years i don't know we're gonna be raising teenagers oh yeah through no. those years mm -hmm. so we could very well just go off the deep end it's I'll possible it'll be fine they will be but anyway on that note <laughs> i forgot that i end these things <laughs> um remember friends everyone has something that they find odd let us tell you why it's not 
If you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss, you can share them with us on any of our social medias. Links can be found on our website, theladiesestrange.com, or join us on Discord. We have fun. We do. We have a blast. We have good times. We have we have the memes and the and the pet photos and the snack photos and you know the regular conversation. Um, <laughs> what like what is that? that? The Beatles nick. It's fine. I'm not bitter. Or the- you can email stuff to us, the ladies of strange at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, tell your friends about us. Or subscribe, rate, and review. Or join our Discord. Uh, we love you. Keep it strange and consensual. Ooh, two weeks in a row. Oh, oh wait. Well, no. Nope. We skip a week. week. It's fine. We skipped two weeks. Two weeks. Whatever. <laughs> Just, you know, content. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Bye.